0: The point of this study was to find out what's the most important thing for employers. What are they looking at? Okay. And so number one is someone, timeliness, which makes sense. You want to be on time. Okay, so pocket watch or watch <laughs> right, your right, right. Helpful, helpful. Yeah, helpful. Helpful okay. to actually know how to read those things. Uh, number two was preparedness. Okay. And number three, believe it or not, was being well-groomed. So it was one of the top three things interviewers and employers look at when you go to a job. So um, it's obviously important to be well-groomed. Welcome back to the Pull Up Podcast, the podcast where we have real, honest conversations with authentic people. My name is and Taney, and today we have Alvin Cooper with us today. So, Alvin Cooper is actually a men's clothier, and so we're going to have a conversation about professional professional clothing. So, before
1: we get started, Alvin, just briefly introduce yourself to the people so they know who you are. Uh, so, Alvin Cooper the uh, third, owner of a company called C Styled, and I'm a haberdasher is my official title. Which is just kind of a fun word. I think we'll probably talk a little <laughs> yeah, more about that, that <laughs> later. <laughs> so sure. I'll leave it leave it as haberdasher for the moment. <laughs> okay. But um, from Denver, uh, native, lived in the area my whole life and uh, lived downtown. Love love Denver. It's yeah. just, it's home. Do a lot of traveling and and yeah, it's just been you know a great opportunity. I've been in the haberdasher business for quite a while. So okay. nine years and then you know I fashion kind of goes back a long way. For sure. Me, so, okay. Well, well, we'll jump
0: into all of that. And it's, it's super exciting because as you know, professional tire goes a long way. As far as if you're in a professional career, if you were interviewing for something, I mean, let's just be honest, defs, etc. I mean, it's, it's always important and always comes up to dress professionally. So we're going to break it down, but you mentioned the word already haberdasher. So sure. what, 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 the heck does that even mean?
1: Haberdasher. I love the the term haberdasher mainly because When I first started in this business, I was, you know, referring to myself as a stylist, and everyone thought I did hair. (laughs) And clearly, I don't. I mean, granted, I can grow this out, but I do shave it on on purpose. But um, you know, most people thought I did hair, and I'm like, you know, how can I describe myself? I'm men's fashion stylist. People are like, I don't know what that means. And so I found the term. Haberdasher, which is actually an old English term that basically means someone who sells fine men's clothing um, and accessories. And it's, I think it was like from the 13th century, something like that. So it's been around a long time, but. It's, uh, you know, obviously a great conversation starter as well. Yeah, I know. When you told me haberdasher, I couldn't
0: even say it at first. So it's definitely a conversation starter. So that's the word of the day, haberdasher. You learned it here on Pull Up Podcast. (laughs) So you mentioned that you've been into this for a long time as far as fashion. You've been doing this for nine years, but you've been steeped in fashion for a long time. I'm sure you're a stylish Mm -hmm. kid growing up and it it worked out that way for you. But how did you transition
1: into uh, this career? Gotcha. Well, I, you know, I always say, because people ask me, how'd you get started? And I always say it really started before I was born. Mm. My mom, you know, is one of 10 kids, oldest girl. And when she, um, you know, met my dad and they got married as a young couple, I just remember, you know, when she learned how to sew making her own clothes. When I was a kid, we'd go to the fabric stores, we'd pick out patterns and fabrics, and then she'd make my little outfits. And And that's what I wore until really probably third, fourth grade. Wow. You know, and then, you know, I wasn't as cool because everyone (laughs) else had, you know, the name name brand stuff, so to speak. But so in my mind, I didn't think I was that cool. But reality was I had better clothes than all of them because it was custom. But. Um, so I, you know, I grew up around around fashion, loving textiles. Never got into the making of the product, right? But just more of the design and the style and the fashion, right? And then had some stints doing some product training with Nike, and then oh, you know ran, co ran a Cole Haan store, so I'm a huge okay. shoe guy, and yeah, so. That's kind of how it started, but, you know, I had fit issues. And so always finding shirts and things that fit well were always a problem for me. Yeah. Well, you and me both. And it's
0: funny, at a point in time when I was in college, you know, just trying to think of, uh, I thought I was going to be a professional football player for 10 years. God had other plans for me. But one of the things I've always thought about was having uh, clothing or professional attire for athletes since our body was shaped different. So, you know, I had a slim waist, big hips, big, big trunk. So I always had trouble just finding clothes. So to your point, um, it sounds like you also had this problem of being able to find
1: the right clothes. Yeah. So absolutely. My, one of my biggest challenges, I have six feet tall, but arm length of a six, four. (laughs) Okay. So, and so getting the sleeve length to fit, right. Then they think I'm six, four and two fifty, and yeah, it's a disaster. It's a mess. So you're able to
0: get into it, but is it uh, become a haberdasher and kind of you've always been inspired by design materials, things of that nature. But is there a set way to get into this industry if someone, you know, they're watching this and they're thinking, wow, that seems like, you know, something pretty cool to do. I'm a stylish person. I want to jump into the industry. What are some steps that they can take to to get into this? Is it something
1: formal or is it just something where they throw I, themselves I, out there? It's a great question. I think. The biggest thing is find a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually am working with some stylists all the time to kind of help mentor them. You know, in how to do this business, and okay. so you know they can reach out to me. But I think. Yeah. Having a basis in fashion, at least understanding you don't have to necessarily have a formal education, although that right. can help. Sure. Um, you know, it doesn't teach you how to interact with people, how to mm. how to, you know, define fit and some of those things. You know, those conversations, right. I think, develop over time. And right. Finding someone to kind of mentor you is, is definitely important. Yeah. So. That's great advice. And so are you willing to be a mentor? I know
0: you have am. a <laughs> heavy plate, so we'll, we'll make sure to drop the details um, so that you guys can get in contact with Alvin. Um but to your point um, about just generally, you want to have a good fashion sense, and you know it's, it's beyond just the fashion. It's how you talk to people. It's a lot more than that. You know, there's a lot of people who may think they don't need a stylist or a haberdasher or men's collier. So, I mean, is it necessary to to have one? And I mean, if and if so, I mean, what are some of the the, the pros and cons of
1: of going down that route of having a personal stylist? Well, I look at it this way. Um, we have teachers to help educate us. Sure. Uh, you were an athlete. I was an athlete. You have a coach to help you in, you know, whatever sport you're in. Right. Um, you might then have a trainer for the gym, for the weight room, so that you're right. doing the proper exercises for your support, for your sport. Um, some, you know, at, depending on the level, we're going to have sports psychologists. So right. So there's, there's trainers, there's coaches, even if you're in business, right? You have right. mentors, you have business coaches and things like that. I look at myself as just another form of a coach. Okay, you know, like that. Um, coaching my clients on how to, you know, better present themselves to the world. And, right. and you had mentioned kind of a good point. Um, style is not just your clothing, right? right? It's you know what you how you travel. Are you the are you the hiking backpacking kind of traveler or are you the posh hotel person <laughs> right you know it's it's what do you drink at starbucks if you're a coffee <laughs> guy or a latte or whatever i'm a tea guy right it's right. that's all your personal style right and right. so I kind of help guys not just with their fashion stuff, yeah. but just kind of help them figure out who they are. Sometimes, right. you know, through the conversations that we have yeah. um, over periods of time. Because usually, when I start working with someone, it's a long-term relationship, right. typically. So, yeah, that's a good point. And I know for me, I always thought myself as a super fashionable guy, but when
0: I had questions on exactly what to wear on certain outfits, the wedding day, things of that nature, you obviously were able to help me out. Um, and just for those questions that I have, you're able to tap in and know. What, what is Lanson looking for what is his style and how can based off these choices knowing him how can I bring that out and make sure that it looks great and that um, he's that I'm prepared for my day and exactly. so you, you definitely did that so I can see that
1: firsthand on the benefit of of having a haberdasher um, on deck Absolutely, <laughs> so to see. absolutely yeah you know my goal is to make sure that you look your best in all aspects of your life really right so yeah yeah yeah, well, that's that's about you um, and just kind of how to get into the career.
0: But um, the nuts and bolts of this is we're going to talk about men's fashion. So Perfect. that's what we're going to do. We're going to jump into it and uh, talk about a little, little bit of clothing. Perfect. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. So let's talk about professional attire, let's talk about what you do on a day-to-day. Obviously, we're on our, our, our Sunday's best today. Exactly, exactly. Uh, this is a shirt styled by you, so thank you. Well, <laughs> appreciate well. that. I just wanted to jump into it. So when I, when I want to buy professional attire or the listener want to buy professional attire, what are some of the main things that they should consider? Um, I mean, between fit, versatility, there's so many different things to look at when you look at a suit. What are some of the things that you hear most common
1: or some just advice that you can give people as they're looking for suits? So I would say there's a couple of things and some of it's going to be based on kind of where they are financially and, and professionally. Right. Right. Um, but first and foremost, I would say fit above all else because Agreed. the reality is you can have a $5,000 suit that is ill fitting. Right. And it doesn't look good. That's a good point. You know, you can have a $300 suit that fits impeccably that looks good. Right. Um, now the issue then later becomes that three hundred dollar suit obviously is not as the same level of quality, sure. so it's not going to last as long, and so right. you've got to recycle some of those things a little more, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of of lot of options. But right. I would say fit first, okay, um, and then invest in quality, but do it in a way that's basic. Um, for for an example, okay, like that's a beautiful sport coat. Thank you. Everyone wants, like if this was your, your first jacket, this is the jacket or this is the jacket that everyone's going to gravitate to. Right. The problem with that is that that jacket and this jacket are very memorable. Mm-mm. And if you only have one, They're then gonna... I know you wore this on Tuesday. <laughs> right. I know you wore it on Friday. You're right about that. I know you wore it on Monday. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is this the only jacket this guy has, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And so that's not the best investment. Mm-hmm. So you've got to think about, especially if you're starting out. Versatility matters. So, you know, you get fit, get quality as much as you can, and then get versatility because, you know, you can change a look of a solid blue or a gray, you know, jacket with a pocket square with a shirt, all of those things to make it look different. Yeah, Whereas I can't make that jacket look different. <laughs> right. it's, 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 it is it's what it jacket, is. Right. right? And it's great, but, it, right. you know, it's very memorable. So there's certain colors
0: that you will say if someone needed three three suits, they had enough money or funds to buy, you know, um, three suits. Right. I mean, would you recommend just black, gray, and blue? Or, I mean, what,
1: what would you recommend? That's that's the easy answer. Okay. I wouldn't do it in that order. Okay. Um, I actually don't own a black suit. Do you not? I don't. Okay. Okay. Um, I probably should get one at some point, <laughs> right? Just to have, but yeah, I don't. I have a black um dinner jacket, but I okay. would say you do blue, and I would say not you can do either a navy or a medium blue, okay. and then like a charcoal, um, would be my first two suit options, and okay. then maybe go with a black or something like that, right? And then get a sport coat, okay, that works with all of the pants right. of those suit jackets, because then you can make them as suit separates. Yeah. You know, those are my favorite suits, by the way, like charcoal colored
0: gray suits yeah. along with like a, yeah, kind of a darker, I like kind of darker shades of blue. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are just classic timeless suits. And I think for both of those suits, you can either wear
1: black or brown for, yeah. for both of those. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, again, it changes the look at least a little bit to make it more versatile. Yeah. And they're year round. Right. Which is, you know, you can wear them summer, you can wear them in the winter. Like if you did a light gray suit or a light blue suit, the problem with that is come December, November, December, you're not, you shouldn't be wearing that <laughs> right. unless you're down in like Florida. Right? right. You know, so some of the geographic does matter, but yeah, typically, you know, if you you know, you, you shouldn't be wearing a light blue or light gray suit in the winter.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Makes a lot of sense to me. And then as far as uh, the different ways to break things down, I mean, I was going to a meeting the other day and they said wear business casual uh, been at night, but during the day business, then we had one formal event. And so, Can you break down what the differences are? It probably is a little objective uh, or subjective, but um, can you break down kind of what the differences are in those categories? And if you wouldn't mind, kind of a a classic go-to
1: for each one of those um, different settings. So daytime business, right? So kind of like what you had mentioned, I I know what you do, so it's easy for me to say, all right, well, you wear this, right? right? But just being general, I would say, if it's business specific and professional, I would probably have on a suit. Okay. Um, I would pick either that medium blue or that medium gray. Right. And depending on the scenario and that person should know what their environment is, tie or no tie. Right. 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 Um, is, is kind of your, your latitude there. Okay. Probably lean to toward tie. Right. Um, Rather be overdressed than underdressed. Exactly. You can (laughs) always always take the tie off, Yeah, exactly. You can (laughs) always hide, you know, if nobody else is wearing a tie, take that thing off, (laughs) excuse yourself to the restroom, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) You know, you don't want to do that on the floor, but take, you know, take that tie off, stick it in the pocket, you're good, right? Right. Um, And then you said evening was what? They called it more business casual. Well, the evening, yeah. For that particular evening, yeah, more business casual. Gotcha. So in that scenario, (sighs) depends on the, the level of sophistication. Right. I would keep it simple and I would probably keep the trousers on from your suit. Would you okay. Keep that shirt on potentially. Okay. And then put a sport coat on. Okay. Switch out the jacket. Switch out the jacket. Okay. Then you're not packing a ton of stuff. Right. Maybe. You know, it just kinda depends on the scenario. Or or you could, for example, let's say you were doing that suit, you know, during the day with a white shirt and a tie. Right. Keep the suit on, change the shirt. Right. And have a more fun you know, patterned shirt, you know, no tie, you're good. No, pretty um, nice and simple. Exactly, and then and then you said what dinner was like a formal. But then we had like they, a, they were making this tough. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: Gosh. We had a formal event. where okay. your wear your best um, tuxedos. I mean, that anything was you're good to go there. I mean, people are dressing kind of to the t. So, so
1: here's a way to cheat in okay. that scenario. Okay. All right. So we'll just assume you have a gray, a medium gray suit. Okay. So wear that medium gray suit, white shirt with a tie during the day. Okay. Simple pocket square. Right. For your happy hour, you have that off time, keep keep that suit on, change the shirt out completely, no okay. tie. Change the pocket square. The to- look, that suit now looks totally different. Right. Now for that formal event, yes. Keep the pants on. Have a lo- a nice smoking slipper okay. or a formal yeah. shoe. Okay. You know, and then bring your dinner jacket. Gotcha. And yes, yeah. Then you That's only had to bring one extra jacket, right? And a couple of shirts. Right. And two shoes. Man. There you go. Yeah. And that's why you get paid the big bucks. Exactly. But things are like, a <laughs> <It's laughs> like like pair of jeans in there so you can take go it's home or five pocket pants right. or so you can catch the plane. Or yeah. What, you
0: know? Obviously, COVID is a real thing. Uh, right. we're on the tell in, hopefully. Knock on what we're hopefully on the tell in. Yeah. So has COVID impacted the way that people dress? Um, or just how has COVID impacted
1: the industry just in general as far as far as professionals? So Covid has. Covid was obviously a sad time and a di- difficult time for everyone. Right. Um, it was especially a sad time for the way people dressed right. I'm, I'm looking at you <laughs> right. i'm looking at, i'm looking at you, and I'm you on the other uh, side of the camera are you, are you talking about the sweats that
0: everyone was wearing or just the suit from the, from yeah, the belt up yeah, or? I, I,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told my guys we'll put pants on yeah, always right. wear pants yeah, because you don't want to be that what if, yeah what if you forgot something <laughs> and you needed to ru- get a step away from your desk and you didn't realize how much zoom <laughs> right. can, you know yeah you, yeah we'll always have pants on uh, yes um, that's good <laughs> but here's the thing what i told guys have there was a couple of options and you know if you have a deconstructed blazer okay you know can you break down what's the deconstructed blazer so okay great question so you have your traditional suit jacket right um that has all of the chest and shoulder structure and padding kind of in here that keeps it very structured right then you have what's called a soft jacket so you basically remove half of that this is a soft jacket so it's got a little less so it's a little more relaxed a little more function okay a deconstructed jacket, basically you get rid of all of that structure in the shoulder and chest. So okay. it feels more like a cardigan, Right. only it's a sport coat. Gotcha, okay. And so it's it's amazing. Okay. Um, you look put together, right. um, you can wear it, and on Zoom you look like you're wearing a suit. Right. Um, and then throw on, you know, have a handful of your button downs, and you can still wear a pair of chinos or right. something like that, or a nice pair of jeans, something that's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, get out of the sweats. So, you know, <laughs> you're... You know, you wouldn't wear that to work, so why are you wearing that to your Zoom work, mm-hmm. right, is kind of my philosophy. Um, and then I did a lot of knit shirts, custom knits, um, mm-hmm. and this is one of them, and it's a long sleeve. It looks like a dress shirt, but this is actually a knit, mm-hmm. so it's, it's you know, and it's kind of like a polo. Right. And it's so agreeable. super, super comfortable, it moves, it's comfortable, it's easy. Okay. Um, so step it up on zoom <laughs> i mean at least if you're not going to throw on a jacket you know because you don't have a deconstructed blazer or a cardigan or something sure. like that i mean i had the ac cranked up so i could always do it's that way, but, yeah me too. um but you know at least have a button down shirt on right and a pair of chinos or a five pocket pan yeah pretend you're going
0: to the office <laughs> right uh, I, I totally agree it's, it's a weird dynamic because some people are staying at home and i think they're going to forever adopt just the the button up and 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 the boxers. I think feel like that's going to be their new look. Right. But there's a lot of people like myself where we're starting to go back into offices. So, uh maybe you style has changed, maybe you just need a up upgrade or whatever it may be. But I think it's always important just to know kind of the simple things that you can that you can do, especially with the climate of during covid. I I, right. I feel like it's just important to <laughs> To, as a refresher, if anything, on how you're supposed to dress when you're in these office settings.
1: Right, right. And then, hey, Zoom happy hour, do do your thing. right. right? Yeah. You, you wear whatever you want to wear. Yeah. You're on
0: happy hour with your buddies. But, right. But yeah. Yeah. Let's do a little better. Okay. So we're going to switch gears a little bit for our next question. You okay. mentioned kind of accessories, how you can change in a pocket square. You have a nice pocket square there. How those are certain things you can add to change to the look or enhance the look. So, I mean, how do you match accessories and can you break down some of the most common accessories? I mean, From watch, pocket square, I mean, you have your ties, tie clips, uh, the whole nine. I mean, there's so many different things. So what are some common, maybe a better question, or what what are some common things for people to start off with if they want to just have that kind of starter guide of uh, some of the accessories?
1: What are some of the most common ones that they should start to consider? So I would say watch, watch is important. But here's the thing with watches. It's funny. I have seen guys, and this was pre-COVID. okay. I'm in a meeting, meeting with a client. Someone else walks in. I do a lot of meetings sometimes in a you know, coffee shop, et cetera. Okay. And a guy in this beautiful suit, great shoes. I look, he's got this, like his running watch, <laughs> right. right? You know, I, I don't know what it was, but it was bad. Right. I'm like, you've ruined this whole beautiful look <laughs> with this terrible watch that you, should, that you should be wearing to the gym. You right. know, art monitor watch, whatever it was, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean- Here's the reality. I mean, you have a great watch on. That's an easy Guys don't have a lot of jewelry, right? You know, in general. Yeah. Um, So a nice watch is easy. Um, If you know, and if you're going to do the Apple Watch, which is fine, I've got one on right now, Mm -hmm. spend 50 bucks and get a nice band. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can change this out. I have like four bands. Sure. That's fine. So this one, I have one that's leather, you know, and then you, you know, get a real watch. If you're not into the Apple Watch or that kind of thing, or if you don't like watches because everyone's got a phone in their pocket, right, that's fine. You don't have to do bracelets, but if you're going to do bracelets, don't – in my opinion, don't have 50 of them on. Right. <laughs> and to me, it needs to mean something yeah. to you. For, you know, But that's just the way I'm, I am about jewelry. If it right. doesn't mean anything, I'm not going to wear it. Right. Um, but then simple things like you had mentioned pocket squares. This is an easy way to accessorize a jacket, mm-hmm. but you don't need to go crazy with them. Right. Um, I have quite a few pocket squares, but the ones that I wear the most – I have gray okay. and white. okay. They go with everything. Yeah, I can see that. And it's simple. Um, and then I have a few others that are floral or have some patterns and things like that. And every now and then I'll pop some of those in. But okay. honestly, the ones that get the most use are my solid gray and my white.
0: Yeah. And pocket um, squares are super affordable.
1: It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, 30, 40 bucks. I right. mean, you could probably get one for 15 bucks somewhere. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. on sale. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of options. But. Right. I'm not into the lapel pin thing. Some guys are. They, I, I think it can get to be a little much. Right. It just depends on the guy. Okay. And I always say minimal is better. You know, yeah. you don't need the pocket square and the lapel pin.
0: Right. Pick okay. one. Yeah. Right. Pick one out of that. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. Well, that's a good advice because there's so many different, <laughs> different pieces you can wear. Uh, even I wrote down here, um, well, you even know from my wedding, I had a pocket watch yep. and that's a little different. I mean, I'm not yep. saying that you don't see too many people walk around with pocket watches, but yep. again, it's a different accessory as well. Um, any thoughts on that?
1: Like just on like how to prop? I, <laughs> I love a pocket watch. Okay. I have a pocket watch and it's beautiful. Um, and I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's old school and people yeah. take notice. Right. Um, and that's a great accessory. Yeah. You know, and, you know, depending on... If you're gonna do it, yeah, you, know, you had a vest for the wagon so you can do it on the vest in that scenario. Otherwise, it's great. You know, most custom trousers have the pocket watch pocket, that little small pocket, sure. so yeah. that you can stick it there um, and clip the chain thing on. I, I just think that's a beautiful classic look, right? And and people notice the little detail. They do. You know?
0: Well, that's so. the even things Less is more a lot of times. And I, I used to be a guy that just wore a tie clip. Um, that was kind of my nice watch, a tie clip every once in a while i'm spacing out on what they call the little uh, <laughs> uh, cufflinks cufflinks and cufflinks every yep. once in a while in a certain formal events. so yep. um do you suppose are you supposed to match your cufflinks with your tie clip
1: or what are you actually matching matching it with the, so the that's a great question only time that probably should match well i i would say if you want to match it a good time to match it would be formally formally okay maybe okay um I just think that's a little too matchy-matchy for me. (laughs) Okay. So, but for the guys who are not creative, then do that formally. Otherwise, to me, have it be a little different because the cufflink is special. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm a big cufflink guy. I love cufflinks. I don't do a lot of traditional ties. So, the tie bar, I used to use a fair amount when I was wearing more regular ties, but I started doing bow ties. I'm trying, I don't even remember how long ago. but. So obviously you don't have that's it. That's it in within itself. Right. right? Um, But uh, I do like a tie bar when you're wearing traditional ties. It just keeps it in its place. Right. So. Yeah. And that's a big thing when you're actually moving around functionally. Tie clip is actually very helpful. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Yeah. And there is a way to wear them. You know that the tie bar shouldn't the tie clip shouldn't be wider than the tie. Sure. right. You, know? you don't want it too low. You don't want it way down the arrow yeah, or too it, high. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you should see it a little bit. Right. But, yeah, it, you know, and then you can have fun with it. Like I have one that has a mustache or something. And <laughs> right. you know, it's kind of fun.
0: But. Yeah. And I, I like those accessories because it's a good way to express yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. as you can have a that, men mentioned that charcoal gray suit again. You have that charcoal gray suit. Um, you have put a little pocket square in. And then at that time, you can have a little
1: bit of fun with, with whether it's your tie clip or whatever it may be, so yeah, yeah, cuff link. Cuff yeah, link, yeah, because yeah, you might, yeah, I have a, I have a, de- uh, not a, a decent collection of links, and they're just fun, yeah. And sometimes I, you know, I'll, I'll mix, miss, miss, you know, mix and match them, right. So, and
0: I think uh, it's such a little detail, but it's things that people do notice. I always get right. compliments, or people do notice the the links and things of that nature. So, like, whether it may seem like it's a little, just a little thing, right. I feel like it goes a very long way. Absolutely. Okay, this is. uh a pretty cool stat that I'm going to read off to you. And I'm, I'm going to tie this into a question. Okay. Okay. So this is going to be in regards to being clean and tidy. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. No. So, no. All right. My mind is going. <laughs> I can gonna. Go, so let me let me break it down <laughs> yeah. for you. So there's a study, 500, 500 employees okay. and 500 employers. Okay. Okay. And then the point of this study was to find out what's the most important thing for employers. What are they looking at? Okay. And so number one is someone timeliness, which makes sense. You want to be on time.
1: OK, so pocket watch. Helpful. Yeah,
0: helpful. Helpful okay. to actually know how to read those things. Uh, number two was preparedness. OK. And number three, believe it or not, was being well-groomed. So it's one of the top three things interviewers and employers look at when you go to a job. So um, it's obviously important to be well-groomed. So considering outside of the suit. What are your thoughts on why it's so important to be well groomed? Why do you think it's the third most important thing for interviewers when they're they're looking at candidates? A
1: hey, first of all, I would like to send you that, like, that <laughs> study. That's, that sounds like a fun study. Okay, I'm I sure will. there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, I, wow. To me, it almost goes without saying, but like if you're gonna take the time to do all of this, right. and then not be groomed, yeah, you're missing you're missing the boat. And right. you're missing the one probably one of the most important details. And the reality is employers are looking for, are you detail-oriented? And, yeah, you might have that on your resume in one of the bullet points, right? Because right. everyone does detail-oriented, <laughs> right? You know, um, it works independently, whatever, you know, that, that <laughs> stuff. It's been a long time since I've done the, sure. a resume. But, um, but yeah, it shows the level of attention to detail in mm-hmm. um, as simple as just combing your hair mm-hmm. brushing your hair right you know having your your fingernails clean right i mean it's not that big of so, a yeah, deal edge right? yourself up not saying you can't yeah. have a beer but maybe yeah. edge it up or whatever yeah. or make and, it- <laughs> you know and it, you know, at least make it look like you try right um, it doesn't have to be perfect because no, nobody's perfect yeah so I, I think that's that's interesting that that was those are the top I mean it makes sense mm-hmm. because they're looking for you're now representative of that company right and you know and it's just like I tell my clients you know you included yeah I'm never going to tell you something looks good if it doesn't because <laughs> you represent me once we start working together you know like just, Alvin told me to wear this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, Yeah, I don't want I don't yeah. I, I don't need his number. <laughs> right, right. You know, so yeah, it's like you represent me um and you represent that company, and they mm. want, you know, you to put your best face forward, so to speak. Yeah. Right? So Yeah, and we're having this
0: conversation not to shame anybody or right. to say, like, hey, you can't naturally, you know. At a point in time it was it was said that if you had dreadlocks, you weren't like a professional. We're not nowhere near saying what that is. No. But a big part of when people do put on their suit is to give off an image, especially during the interview process or when you're going to work. So it's important and we just want to have that full, robust conversation and not leave anything out that when you pick out a good suit and you're learning from Alvin on some of the things to look at, that you also have to consider being well-groomed, making sure that you have everything put together because people are looking. And these are some of the things that may make or break you from getting a job. So we just want to do our due diligence to talk about the full picture and not to leave those type of things out. And so it even, we mentioned even the haircut and maybe having the nails, making sure those things are, you know, nails aren't dirty, but it's even as far as shoes, you know, um, you know, I know not everyone can just afford the best shoes, but if you can clean off your shoes and do what you can for what you got, um, it goes a long way. Um, as far as even pulling in the entire outfit together, because that's part of being well-groomed. And I've also, I was watching shark tank and I remember one episode where, uh, one of the investors mentioned that one of the first things he look at is someone's shoes. He wants to look at your shoes to see how you carry yourself. And that's how he looks and makes that judge uh, that judgment call. So, um, we all got to be aware of those things. You know, you'll hate to have the best product, the best pitch ever, but for whatever reason he's turned off because your your shoes don't look
1: where it needs to look. So yeah, that speaks volumes and partially because I'm a shoe guy. (laughs) I I have a lot of shoes and I love shoes, but it's just a simple thing. So many guys don't know. and, And actually I would say more guys than, than females shine their shoes, Yeah, but it's, there's so many guys who don't and right. it's not that big of a deal i mean hard. go get yourself a simple cleaner and conditioner mm-hmm. you don't it doesn't have to be fancy get an old dish you know a right. washcloth Use that if that's all you've got. Right. And then, a you know, a simple polish. You yeah. don't even it doesn't even have to be color specific. Right. It'll just enhance the original colors of right. those shoes. And you're good. You yeah. Know, it's not that hard. It's not hard. and You can get them almost anywhere.
0: It's a yeah. few bucks. And it really more than anything is we're not saying get your new shoes. It's not that hard. I mean, it's, right. it's attention to detail, taking the time to do those things. And people do look at that and they do consider if you if you're doing those things. So,
1: yeah. Bad pair of shoes ruins great shoes. It so, does. It does. Yeah. All the time. And fellas, ladies pay attention. <laughs> if you if you're if you're in the if you're in the pool dating, <laughs> the women will look at your shoes. They do. They do. You know, guys look at shoes. You right. know, I mean, you know, regardless of what you're doing, the shoes do matter. Don't don't yeah. forget that don't in, forget and that. the rest of it. Yeah. 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 And so we, we have to talk about it. Again, we want a big
0: robust picture. So uh now appreciate your details on that. Actually, I actually have another stat that's going to just okay. we're going to end on this question here, but I just I just want to read this stat, too. So um, they said 41 percent of males, 47 okay. percent of female hiring managers believe that applicants dressed formally is better fit for their company than someone dressed casually, despite if that person dressed casually has better uh, has a better resume. So I mean, it's pl- it's pretty clear while we're having this conversation, right? right. Like people are all looking at it, and you could be uh, uh, the better candidate, but if you're dressed casually or it's not put together, or you can be an all right candidate, and you're dressed great, you're probably going to have
1: a better chance of getting that job if you're if you're the latter than the former. So it totally makes sense. I didn't realize that was the percentages, but if you think about it, people remember what right we're so visual we hear you Mm -hmm. but we we hear you after we see you that's typically right right unless you're nature yeah yeah. we were very visual people and so you know yeah you like you said you might have a great resume but the last thing i remember is man you look like a hot mess (laughs) right right yeah so i can't have you representing me my department my company because you just don't look like you should be there right um I can work with you if you're not completely refined and don't have quite all the skills mm-hmm. but you look put together you look like you're trying right um, and people remember that right. you know and um, I know specifically you know my actually my wife it is a funny story she her one of her first hires when she was hiring I, f- I forget the position it was either a PT or an ot or whatever the whatever the person was okay but the one candidate came in a suit and she was the only one and this is a therapy role right, <laughs> right. you're not typically you're not wearing a suit yeah, scrubs when, or something. You know, you're not wearing a suit during while you're practicing right. you know then they don't wear scrubs but um, during practicing but the, you know that is an option right But yeah, she showed up wearing a suit. And she was very memorable. No one else wore a suit. And right. yes, she was qualified, obviously, sure. right? Um, and there probably were some other candidates that might have had more experience and better qualified, but she was wearing a suit. right? She It showed that she cared. Right. It, it mattered. Yeah. She got hired. Then she got hired.
0: Okay. Got a couple more questions for you. You're still still good? Yeah. I've got, a good time? I got water. Go water. water. I'm good. Yeah, I need a I'm little good. bit I'm of good.
1: myself. Let's do this. I'm still, the collar's still there. Yeah, collar her. here. All right. We're good to go. Field, make
0: sure we're straight here. <laughs> um, okay. So let's jump into this next one. This is a bit of a fun segment. So fashion okay. faux pas. Oh. Okay. So maybe yeah. I'll break it down because I don't know. Everyone may not know fashion okay. faux pas. So then the day, it's a fashion no-no. Something that you should not do. Am I explaining what a faux pas is yeah. for the best part? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So fashion faux pas. So as we're looking at looking for suits, okay. we're going in, we're at a, at our, at a, at a nice little department store. What are some fashion faux pas to be cautious of? For example, I've heard you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. How I don't know how true that is. Maybe you can address that, but what are some of the fashion faux pas that we should be cautious of as we're as we're looking for suits?
1: Got it. So let's let's address that white. <laughs> uh, wearing white after Labor Day. Technically you can. Okay. I, I don't even remember. There's some history on it. I'll have to find it. I had read it at one point, but it oh, winter white, and then after, after oh, okay. Labor Day, I then you. it's I'm okay. wearing my winter whites. <laughs> uh, <got laughs> and Then you, you're, then you're good, okay. Um, but I think part of it too is you didn't wear white after Labor Day a lot of times because then the weather changed and you know your clothes got dirtier, right? Right, so that's that probably I... one of the simpler reasons, right? I could be totally wrong, on that. I'll have to go <laughs> research that now. It's been a while, okay. Um, but I would say some fashion faux pas on buying suits in a department store they've gotten better in the sense that guys with hard to fit bodies. Mm-hmm can't usually buy a jacket and the pant as separates right and so you've compromised in some area so not going to a tailor is a huge faux pop mm. use a tailor if you're not if you're buying something off the rack right and get your pants hemmed right so many guys don't get their pants hemmed and they've got like this pool of fabric on the bottom around their shoe. It's awful. Right. That's a, that's a faux pas. Sure. Yeah, I agree. So don't do that. What about patterns? I see a nice pattern suit. I still like a patterned shirt. Is there there a limit to these patterns or, or. Well, yes and no. (laughs) Kind of like we had talked about earlier. I always bring it back to if long as you've at least two solid color suits, then you can start moving into your patterns. Okay. You know, and then you're fine. But to start out with a pattern, that's a faux pas. Okay. Because everyone's going to remember that suit, and you have nowhere to go from there. Okay. Right? And then pattern on pattern, most people don't do it well. <laughs> so Michael Irvin, when he's
0: on TV and he has his patterns and on top of patterns with a pattern, the pocket square, I mean. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I mean, we, can't, we don't want to call him
1: out. I'm sorry, Michael
0: so,
1: Irvin. Yeah, you know I'm yeah, so, some... Some guys way overdo it. Right he, Here's, he, think of it this way. What am I supposed to look at visually, right? You know, like this is a really small pattern that really transcends as a solid. Mm-hmm. Then I've got a bigger pattern here. Right. And then I've got a solid. Sure. Now I could have had a pocket square with stuff, right? And then I could have had a lapel pin stuff. Right. Then I could have had a tie on, right? <laughs> with, more with more pattern. Right. But then visually, it's like, Pardon my language, really. It's like visual vomit. <laughs> right. Like, what am I supposed to, what is my eye supposed to look at? I'm confused. Sure. But tone it down. It's yeah. like, pick, a, pick something and go with that, but be, be minimal, you know? So if you're going to do pattern on pattern, either do big pattern, mm-hmm. small pattern. Okay. Or big pattern, small pattern. Okay. You know? do it in reverse right. but then keep your accessories simple. Uh, yeah. Or if you're going if this was a solid then you could have fun with this accessory and have that be like floral or right. stripes or whatever, right? And yeah. you could even have it as a you know not neatly folded. It could right. be more kind of poofed out, right? But yeah. again, you know pick something and go with it. Don't right. have everything competing with each other. Yeah, it sounds like it's all about balance. Yeah. And that's a, as you were speaking that's just the big thing that came came to mind
0: is if you have a solid, like, solid shirt, yep. I have a solid shirt. Yeah, I can do something like this. I mean, obviously, you mentioned you kind of have more subtle patterns in your shirt, yep. so you can do something like this. Yep. Um, if I had a very plaid shirt, right. plaid jacket, I don't need a plaid
1: <laughs> pocket sweater, square or even wanted, a floral or some other pattern. Shirt. It's just too much right. for the eye. It's like I don't know what to look at.
0: So, Alvin, I have one final question for you. Okay. So before I let you go, I just wanted to address, uh, for some of those people out there who can't afford uh, a very nice custom suit, right? They're sitting out listening to what we're talking about. And they're saying that they want to make sure that they look professional for an interview or whenever they're going to have their next event. They don't have the means to spend a couple thousand bucks on a suit. What would you recommend for that person to do?
1: Got it. So a couple of things, custom isn't as expensive as a lot of people think. Okay. Um, you can, you know, do a custom suit depending on the fabric and things like that for as little as 700 bucks to as much as, you know, $10,000, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, the sky's the limit, so to speak. So there's a huge range in there. Mm-hmm. But understanding that not everyone even has $700, right, to spend on a suit, there are options retail that you can go to. Um, there are uh, there are a lot of department stores that, you know, they'll have sales during the holidays and, you know, and those kind of things. You know, be a smart shopper. You know, there's outlets. Right. I, I think the biggest thing is do the best that you can from a quality perspective. Okay. Save a little bit of money to buy that next level, you know, if possible. And I always say that the suits that are going to last the longest are not the suits and that are going to look the best. Right. long-term, are not synthetic. Okay. Your polyesters and your nylons okay. and all of that stuff, they look good for a minute. Yep. But, you know, you spent two, $300 on that in some cases, and now you're replacing it every year. Right. When, if you would have bought a five or $600 suit, saved your money. Right. You know, or gone to an outlet or something like that, or, you know, you might get a better quality suit, you know, and look for something that's a wool, a wool blend. Okay. It's actually more breathable. Right. You're not going to sweat, you okay. know, like people think, oh, wool. I can't wear a wool suit in the summer. Yeah, you can. Right. Wool is very lightweight. It's very okay. breathable, depending on the wool. Obviously, sure. you're getting a summer weight type of wool. Um, so there are options. But if you're going to do that, the tailor is your best friend. Mm-hmm. Get your stuff tailored. Right. It's not that expensive. Spend, you know, if you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars on a suit, mm-hmm. spend you know, fifty bucks tailoring it. Right. You know, get the pants hem to get. Right. Make sure the sleeve way. length. The, you know, there's all the little nuances, but the tailor will help you. Right. You know, the tailor is your best friend. You know, yeah. He should know you. He should know your name. <laughs> he
0: should know your name. And very few people can buy off the racket and mm-hmm. it fits perfect. So, right. yeah. I mean, for me, I never can. So, right. and for all those details we we're talking about, that can just go a long way for making you look well groomed and professional. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. um, I second that. And also, from someone who bought those two hundred dollars suits, try to get it tailored. You know, I, you have to do what you have to do at the beginning. Yep. But I tore through them eventually. <laughs> you know, I tore right. through them pretty quickly. Whereas uh, the suits I've gotten from you and some other people. I haven't had any issues. So it does go a long way if someone can invest a little bit more money to get a good suit. Part of what we're gonna do too, is we're not here as lip service. We do wanna put money where our mouth is. We know that not everyone can afford a suit. So we are gonna actually have a give a suit um, contest that we're gonna make sure that someone can have a suit and have that custom experience. And we're gonna actually do that starting here soon. So be looking out for details for anybody who you know, or if you're a listener and you know yourself that you need a new suit, um, go ahead and get ready to put your name in the ringer and we're gonna set something pretty cool up to where you guys can have that full custom experience. With that being said, Alvin, how can, um, if someone heard this and you said you're into mentoring, if someone wants to get a suit from you, how can they get in contact with
1: you? Gotcha. Um, a couple of ways, obviously, you know, I have a website C styled. So the letter C and then styled.com. Um, you can always reach me there. You know, there's an option to, you know, shoot me an email, etc. Um, Instagram, Alvin Cooper is what I'm at on Instagram. Uh, you can also see if you're on Instagram and you look at my profile page, you'll see Denver habit Asher. And if you click on that one, that's nothing but client in, you know, pictures of, of, you know, clothing that I've done. Okay. Everything from your formal stuff to your right. casual stuff. So okay. you can see just product, but you can also just reach me at Alvin Cooper. Okay. Well, Alvin, I appreciate you coming in. Thank you so much yeah. for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for
0: having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. And again, please like, subscribe, post your comments, and uh, we'll see you next week on the Pull Up Podcast. Yeah.